The following program is sponsored by Cleveland Right to Life and is responsible for its content. Welcome to From the Median, a daily report from the front line of the pro-life movement, discussing two worldviews that are driving our culture in opposite directions. From the Median asks, which side of the road are you on? What direction do you want our culture to go? Tune in as we plan the route that takes us back to the culture of life. And now your host, Molly Smith. Good evening and welcome to From the Median, where we are concerned with the middle ground, not just to understand both sides of an argument, but also to awaken the consciences of those who are neutral or indifferent to this, the greatest civil rights movement of all times, the pro-life movement. Listeners, great as always to have you with us. Thank you so much for joining us. Again, reminding you that all of our programs are available on podcasts. So all you have to do is just go onto your podcast app and type in from the Median Radio Program and away you go. You can choose whichever one you want. It's great as always to have you with us, as I said. And I have a brand new guest with me right now. I am so pleased to welcome to the program Brian Haynes, who is a pastor, a teacher, a writer, and whose passion is to restore people, family, and churches. And I love, love, love the title of his new book. But before we get to his book, which is why I have him on the program, I want to firstly say welcome, Brian. It's great to have you with us. Thank you for joining. Thank you so much. I'm really glad to be here. Tell us a little bit about you. You are a pastor, a teacher, a writer. Pastoring is the most wonderful thing, I think, on the earth to be able to spread the word of God to people all around you. But it's also pretty challenging, I would say. I've never been a pastor myself, but I watch the pastors and I always go, you know, either everybody's... This is my experience. I'm not saying it's yours, but either everybody is absolutely loving you or they're going, why why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? (laughs) I don't know if you're like that, but that seems to be the way it goes in my neck of the woods. So, Yeah, it can be that way for sure. It is a gift. It's a calling. It's a gift that I feel like the Lord just gives certain people to a pastor and I just count it as a gift from him. I love like most of it, like 90% of it I enjoy and uh, I'm really grateful for. It's not an easy job, not an easy calling, but definitely worthwhile, definitely fruitful. I'm really glad I get to do this every day and uh, thankful to God for it. Absolutely. How big is your congregation? Is it something that you do? uh, Yeah, okay. Yeah, we have about 1,100 on any given Sunday, so... We have, uh, it's actually a church and a Christian school. So we have the church uh, and one ministry of the church is uh, Bay Area Christian School, which is about a thousand kids, K to 12. So it's a pretty big ministry, uh, church and school combined and uh, really grateful um, to get to shepherd that in this season. So mm-hmm. absolutely. So Brian, it's, it's interesting to see, you know, the fact that you, obviously you do, you very well express the fact that this, that pastoring, that being a pastor is just a, such an incredible gift that you have re- received, which is an amazing thing. But not only do have you done that, you've also, you also have a gift of writing. And you've written, as far as I know, you've, you, I don't know whether this is your first book or whether there's many other books, but I know for sure that you've written this incredible book called War in the Wilderness, Fight for Your Family When Life Isn't As It Should Be. I love that subtitle, Fight for Your Family When Life Isn't As It Should Be. What made you choose this topic? 
Yeah, there were two uh, two clear things that made me want to write about this. One was pastoral and kind of practical, and then one was uh, intentionally personal. Uh, the practical sort of pastoral piece was coming out of, uh, well, during and coming out of the pandemic. I noticed um, just at my local church level, I noticed that families and particularly teenagers and young adults were struggling um, with mental health and family issues in ways that I had not seen before, maybe in in mass in a way that I hadn't seen before. And uh, I wanted to give people some handholds for simply, like, what do you do when life isn't as it should be, when things are chaotic? But also, there was an intensely personal side to it. And, uh, and that side come, stemmed from, um, well, I, I have a wife, Angela. I've been married 27 years now. We have three daughters. Uh, the oldest is turning 24 this month. And then we have a 21-year-old and a 16-year-old. Oh, wow. And uh, when the oldest one went... Um, she she had been like leading up to going to college. She had been struggling with anxiety for uh, uh, a couple of years, and and we didn't really understand why the trajectory of her life didn't match the anxiety that she was feeling and and the anger that she was expressing. Um, and we kind of saw that inside our home. Nobody outside of our home saw that. In fact, everybody would have said that kid is 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 incredible you know kid awesome you know mm-hmm. student athlete all that kind of stuff and but when she went to college um she called home one night like late you know if you're a parent you get that phone call I in the know, middle of the night yeah, yeah. it's just a terrible deal yeah. and uh she was she was crying bawling like and saying things like i can't do this anymore and oh, wow. I, we we didn't as parents could not understand what was coming from and so we got her to uh to a counselor and um got her to a counselor and um when she met with a counselor a couple times uh, the counselor called me and said has she ever been sexually assaulted sexually abused and i said no you know i can't can't think of a time or a way that would have happened. We were really sort of careful as parents in that way. And um, anyway, to make a long story short, the counselor pulled a specific time, place, person. Oh my God. Um, and it happened in her childhood, like when she was six, five, six, seven. Oh my years goodness. old yeah. and it was a it was a close family friend. and so she had blocked that. Um, and even, uh, didn't even know what she was struggling with yeah. as a teenager, uh, but just began to remember these things as a very young adult. And so that opened up for us, uh, a season of life, uh, we had already been going through, but didn't recognize, but a season of life where it just wasn't as it should be. We were, we were facing the ramifications of, uh, the sins of another person on our daughter. Uh, We were at the intersection with her of mental, emotional health and the gospel and trying to figure out what to do. We were, um, as a married couple, just 
I mean, it's that going through something like that really impacts even your marriage. Absolutely. Impa- yeah. Impacted our, um, our other daughters as well. And it was a four or five year, um, struggle. It was a, it was a, it was a long journey toward freedom yeah. and toward health and, uh, and toward forgiveness. And so uh, it, it was that struggle um, that really made me want to help people Absolutely. because as I began to share that story, I was surprised at the number of people uh, who had a child or who had a young adult child or who themselves went through some kind of trauma like that. And, and really didn't know what to do or how to how to handle it, how to fight uh, in the midst of that war. Um, and it's a very real war. It feels like war. Absolutely. And, um, yeah. and so that's where it came from. Wow. wow. You know, thank you. Thank you so much, Brian Haynes, for doing this. Because I, you are so right. There are so many people in the world that don't know how to deal with these types of things. I have been surprised you're working in the pro-life movement. And and now working, you know, trying trying to stop this terrible uh, abortion amendment that's that's coming into our into our state. Um, listening to people who have, you know, some some really bad experiences, and and you know, you the evil is all around us. We we have to recognize that. And praise, thank you so much for for putting it out there and, and to getting to this point where you've been able to write it down and give it to other people so that you can help them. You, one of the things you talk about on it is that there are three main words used in the Hebrew language to describe the desert because it sounds to me that that's exactly what you were all going through and maybe still are, but I don't know. But you know, what, what are those words and how do you, how do you get past that? Yes. Well, I think we all have to understand if we have a biblical worldview and we look at it closely, what we find is that the the metaphor for life in the Old Testament is wilderness or desert. And um, if you look at all the Bible, we're really living life between there was the Garden of Eden, that was paradise, and it was perfect, and and peace was there. There was peace with God and peace between Adam and Eve, no guilt, no shame, no nothing. It must have been perfect. Uh, but as soon as sin enters the picture, they are cast out of the garden, they go into the wilderness. And that wilderness theme... You know, the people of Israel go out of Egypt into the wilderness, and then Jesus himself is crucified in the Judean wilderness and tempted in the wilderness. And I mean, the, the theme is, is extravagant when you start looking at it all the way to, uh, Revelation 21, where you see Jesus has restored all things. There's a new heaven, new earth, new Jerusalem. And in the new Jerusalem, the new city of peace, there's the tree of life again. It's everything is been restored. There's no more tears, crying, pain. Sin is outside the camp. It's beautiful. And again, but everything in between those two gardens is desert, is wilderness. And there are many words in the Hebrew used for wilderness, uh, but three main ones. Uh, The first is uh, midbar, 
Midbar is a desert you could survive in if you know what you're doing. So it's uh, it's real. It's desert. It's hard. Uh, but if you know what you're doing, you can find water. You can grow things. You can shepherd flocks. You can survive uh, there. Um, this is kind of like our normal of life. You know, we, we forget we're in the desert when we're in the Midbar part of life um, because it's just kind of normal. But then there's a second kind. And that is uh, Tsia. And Tsia is um, desert you can survive in if you have help. So you're not going to make this one on your own. But if you have community, if you have hospitality, people to encourage you to hold you up in the, the midst of this. This is a deeper wilderness. It's a it's a hotter scourge there. I, you know, just kind of as a sidebar, I've led these hiking tours through Israel since 2008, and we spend a lot of time in the desert just to, to take a look at these lessons. And Sia is much different than Midbar in that you don't easily find water. There's hardly a tree uh, to find shade. Um, this kind of life, the Sia kind of life, uh, it, you can't survive it if you don't have hospitality if you don't have community you know that illustration out there would be we we find bedouin shepherds who know that land and uh, they will just like you see in the bible if you go to a bedouin tent today they'll invite you in they'll make bread they'll give you water for you for your animals tea refuge for a few nights if you need it um that's that's what you need in Sia. And everybody can probably think of a time in their life where they would say, um, you know, I wouldn't have made it through if it hadn't been for this person mm-hmm. or those people or um, that's Sia. And then there is the worst kind of desert. That's Yashimon. Yashimon is desert you cannot survive in. And it's this kind of uh, desert that even if you have help from other people, you're not gonna you're not gonna make it through that without a miracle from God. And uh, we see God actually do miracles in in Yashimon in big ways, like when the people of Egypt came out of Israel. In the times there in Yashimon, they get manna from heaven, they get water from a rock, their shoes don't wear out. I mean, it's incredible miracles from God is the only way. They make it through there. And metaphorically, it's the same is true uh, when we're going through Yashimon in life. We, we need God to move in those moments because we won't, won't make it otherwise. And, um, you know, when we went through this with our daughter and the impacts on our family and all the legal and trying to pastor a church in the midst of that and all that, it was Yashimon. It's, for us, the worst we've uh, ever been through as a family. And we learned a lot about God in that time. And it was um, some hard lessons, but so good. And that's part of what I wanted to share in the, in the book is who, who, who is God when life just isn't as it should be when it's in the worst part of the wilderness. Absolutely. Beautifully put, you know, and, and you go on in, in, in the write up that I, that I received about the book and, and you know, what, what's going on. Um, you talk about the fact that, 
as parents, grandparents, husbands, wives, we lead our families through these asp- the, the, all of these different aspects of, of, of life. And, and, uh, you know, as you're explaining it to me now, it's like, yeah, uh, honestly, Brian, as you're talking to me, I'm, I'm remembering things through my life, you know, wow. Yes. That was that time. That was that time. So, mm-hmm. you know, as you were writing this book, what was the hope that you would, that you had about, what are you going to leave with people? Like as a grandparent, I am a grandparent of 21 grandchildren. And I was just talking to my, to some of my children the other day and saying, you know, I'm trying not to look at the grandchildren right now because, you know, I've already done all that stuff, <laughs> you know, cause, yeah. because they're all, you know, they're all at different ages. They're, you know, they're from, they're from two, two right up into 24, 25, you know, wow. so it's, so it's, awesome. yeah, it is beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. And it's such fun. But I can also see as you were explaining, as you were just going through this, I can see how my children as parents are now experiencing some of what you are saying, you know, the good and the bad. I mean, it's, it's, it's tough. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it is. Yeah. Well, I, you know, what I wanted to do, my, my kind of big three in writing the book was one, I wanted to help parents, grandparents understand like we are raising our families in a wilderness and we need to understand the environment we're in and that will help us uh, as we plan for how we we lead them. But secondly, I wanted them to understand who God is in the wilderness. You know, he gives us all these pictures of, of who he is that are all wilderness pictures. It's, it's, uh, he says, I'm living water. What do you need more in the wilderness than, than water? He says, uh, I'm the good shepherd. Well, you need a shepherd to guide you on the wilderness paths. He says, I'm your refuge and strength, your rock, your shade at your right hand. All these are the desert pictures. And so I wanted people to get like when you're in that worst place, you, you might not get an extraction from it. You know, we didn't get in as we prayed, God release us from this. We didn't get an immediate extraction. But we what we did find is that God gave us just enough for the day. Every day, he was our shade. He was God with us. He was living water. He was our refuge and strength. And so I wanted them to learn not only about the environment, but who God is in that. I wanted them to see how the enemy works. Um, the, you know, we, we learn in the scriptures from beginning to end that we are in this war with a real enemy who Jesus said, uh, came to steal, kill, and destroy. And so I wanted, readers to understand, parents to understand, grandparents to understand that there is this warfare going on um, and that the enemy is plotting and planning. And, and especially when we're in Sia and Yashimon, those hard times, he uses very specific tactics uh, to uh, really try to accomplish his mission to kill, kill, steal, and destroy. And I wanted to shed light on all that. And then finally, I just wanted to give some insanely practical advice, like how do you find a counselor when you need one? And is it okay to go to counseling? And what about medication? If you're going through depression as a Christian, is it okay to utilize medication? Um, how do we deal with the family dynamic of one person in our family struggling with trauma or mental health? So I wanted to give just some really practical uh uh, advice in the book as well. And, and hopefully we accomplish that. 
I'm talking to Brian Haynes, who is the serves as the lead pastor of Bay Area Church in League City, Texas. He's the graduate of Baylor, New, Bay Law University, Southwest Seminary, and Liberty the- Theology uh, Seminary. Um, he has written an amazing book by the name of War in the Wilderness, Fight for Your Family When Life Isn't As It Should Be. It's the, it really, as we're discussing this, Brian, it's like, wow, this is so needed today. I mean, you, you started off by telling me about the fact that you started looking at this whole issue because of what was going on through the COVID, uh, you know, shutdowns and, and, and the, the loneliness that, that happened during that time. And, you know, I think we're going to see this in the long term. We're going to see so many young people that were really negatively impacted impacted by all of that you know so it's it's this is you know having all of this information is going to be absolutely phenomenal for all of us that we can actually say okay here's a book that can help us and parents out there um you can you can get the book it's right on amazon you can you can you can um, buy it off amazon and i'm sure brian has lots of other places that you can go to i will put up the links as to where you can purchase the book on our website from the median.org um but you know you really i think Everybody, every parent needs to read this. Actually, it sounds to me, Brian, as if even sisters and brothers should read it. You know, if if they're going through a hard time, it, because it it appears to me that you've you've touched it all. The whole family unit needs to be understanding as we all go through difficult times. Am I right? Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. I would agree with that completely. Yeah, because it is difficult. I mean, it, it is a it's a tough time. Yeah, you know, I I just remember going back to when my kids were growing up, and when one when one of the siblings was having a hard time, the whole, all the siblings were having a hard time mm-hmm. for the most part, you know, and that's wonderful to be quite honest with you as hard and all as it is. It's wonderful to see that interaction and to know that they have that. Mm. It's absolutely true. They, you know, they see their sibling going through something traumatic or difficult and they hurt for them. And at the same time, you know, that old adage, hurt people, hurt people. Yeah. is absolutely yeah. true in the family dynamic. And so they receive a lot of uh, what I would call emotional wounding in the midst of it. And so helping them navigate all that, helping them understand what's going on in appropriate ways is really important. And the book, I think, is, you know, with our girls, you know, it's unique in that I wrote it, but I let them all read it ahead of time. Like, hey, how does this help you as the, 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 the siblings of the one that was going through the, the difficulty? And they were, uh, both the younger two, um, they're 21 and 16. Uh, they were just both like dad, like, the prayers at the end of the chapters is what what we we hang on to in the midst of this. Like it teaches us how to pray, and because we didn't we didn't know even what to say to God about some of these things. So I think I think it's important. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the things I, I also want to let everybody know that Brian does also. Brian Haynes also has a a blog post that he puts up, so you can actually go and look at his posts as well and get involved. You know, read it, read some of those because it looks like this is. This is something that we so need it. We so need it in today's world. And, and let's face it, Brian, I think we all recognize that our world right now is in a pretty sad place, particularly if you're, mm-hmm. if you're a Christian. You're under attack all the time, but your Christian understanding and worldview, as you put it, 
we are in a war. We really are in a war, as you said. I mean, this is a war that we're in, and we we need to get all the weapons we can in order to be able to get through all of this. So thank you, thank you, thank you for writing this amazing book. I cannot say that, thank you enough for that. That's amazing. And again, we you can get it on Amazon. Just put it in there, and it'll pop right up. Just put in War in the Wilderness or Brian's name, and it comes up. So Brian Haynes, go to our website, and you can find all the details there. Brian, thank you so much, and God bless you for writing this book. Bye-bye. Don't go anywhere. I will be back with you right after this very short break with another world-class, inspiring guest.